generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. We're listening to the most rated podcast on Spotify, keepthechange.co.nz. Over 500 five-star ratings, mate. Wow, we cracked the 500. Yeah. You beauty. I had a look at all of the largest podcasts in New Zealand, and we're definitely the highest. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Whoa, cool. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I only looked at two or three. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a pretty big data set, you know? Yeah. It said podcasts like Keep the Change, and so I had a look. At those podcasts mm. to see, okay, how many people had rated those and way less than 500. Well, while we've got everyone, <laughs> do you want to have it? If you haven't, if you have not rated the podcast, stop right in the middle lane on the motorway right now, pull beep over, beep. <laughs> jump on Spotify or whatever platform you are listening to it on, and please leave a five star review so it can get out in front of more people and we can help more people. Get rich as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, mate, this is going to be one of those episodes that helps people do exactly that. And the reason I've used this tune is because you're going to help people improve their mindset. And you hate it when people say, just change your mindset. Mm. And you're like, what does that actually mean? And you mentioned this on a recent pod. So this song is called I Can See Clearly Now. And what that means is sometimes when you clean up the way that your mind works, you can see things differently. Yeah, it's true. Like, I just have this, I, I hate it when there's like buzzwords, like you've got a, or, or like sentences that, you know, get catchy online and they're like, you just need to provide value or, you know, you just need to change your mindset. And like, it's all very well. And those things are correct a lot of the time, but it's like, okay, how? You know, and there's no, there's no like, context behind it explaining how to do it and I think right now this mindset one seems to be get spoken about a lot um, and you know it's hard to do because changing changing your mindset is effectively changing a set of beliefs and thoughts that you have lived with your whole life yeah. so how do you know what to change to you know and I find that difficult so I've sort of been taking some notes as I've been thinking about this because I couldn't actually explain it myself, but it was pissing me off that people were talking about it and not explaining it, so I was like, I can't be like that. <laughs> um, so I've got a few things written down here, and what I've done is sort of 
tried to relate them with examples a little bit back to like my own experience and then maybe you can step in and try and provide your versions or other analogies that would match it. Yep. So I think number one, the number one barrier to a good mindset is your own self-limiting or false beliefs. And, you know, these are so prevalent and, and like everyone has them no matter what and it's really hard to get rid of them um, like I remember even when you get told by other people I remember when I was like 26 or whatever starting out being a mortgage broker and being told and then also thinking and believing myself like the line of nobody nobody will use me I'm too young you know like why why would anyone use a 26 year old mortgage broker with no experience when there's 40 year old ones that have been doing it for 20 years and that's really hard to get around. Um, and to for me to break that down, I had to think of something that allowed me to like sort of break that barrier. And it was basically along the lines. I remember thinking about it. It was like, if I spoke to every single person in the country that wanted to buy a home, is it probable that I still wouldn't be able to turn one of them into a client? No. Like, Definitely of course, if, if there's a million people that want to buy a home, and I can manage to get in front of them, of course I'm going to get one mortgage out of them. Like the, it's, it's improbable to not think that. Um, and, you know, that means that it came into my brain that was like, right, if I am going to have to get rid of this false belief, I need to do volume. I need to get on the phone and call more. I need to talk to more real estate agents. I need to talk to more, you know, I did everything, man. I remember going to a friend's restaurant and putting a raffle book on the counter that said win a $250 voucher at this restaurant just call Mikey and he'll do a free mortgage review and you go in the drawer you know yeah I tried everything <laughs> to break down this barrier and like and you saw how fast I grew mm. so like that these false um false beliefs in people's heads that mean nothing um and I look back like a year after thinking that and I was like well, guess what? I didn't actually have to talk to every single person in New Zealand <laughs> yeah. to get one mortgage, you know? Like, it doesn't happen like that. But my brain forced me to think that way just to get over that fucking hurdle, you know? And I think um, we believe these things all the time for all sorts of things. Um, like, I went through a bit of a a binge watch of a few shows. There was, like, the uh, the Uber one on Netflix or whatever, the guy who started, who was a startup and did Uber, and then, like, the other one that was Spotify. And, like, these guys are, they all they almost have no care for law. Um, they just go so hard and so fast that the laws have to be changed later on um, because they're just breaking down all of these barriers. And, you know, they're acting on the way that, that, that they think, but they, they have no false belief that it can't be done they're into another stratosphere the other way. And I think for anyone like that that is thinking like that, like I can't do it, I'm too young, or, you know, I've got no experience, you just have to back it up with something else. Yeah. Like for me it was just, okay, there's a million people that want a home, I'm sure I can get one. I sort of say like suffocate your own bullshit. And that's why I get real passionate when we do those pods where people will say, oh, you know, you've, you're statistically more likely to be – uh, rich if you're white and if you're a male and stuff and that data may be accurate right but that doesn't mean that if you're a moldy female 
that you should be like, that means, like your mm. conclusion out of that should not be like, oh, that means I can't be rich. It doesn't. It also doesn't mean that um, if you're white, you're going to be. Exactly. <laughs> like there's plenty of poor white people too. <laughs> yeah, because then like you could say, dude, you're white and a male. Why are you not doing more? Like statistically, you're more likely to succeed. So can you please fucking <laughs> yeah. get up, get up to the standard, mate? Yeah. <laughs> but those people would be like, "Don't fucking tell me what to do." Yeah. As well, so you've got to be when you take data and when you see someone write an article like that and basically lay out all the reasons why you potentially can't be rich and potentially why they've decided that they can't be as well. Mm. They are not your teacher. They are not your role model. So what you do is you then go, "Well, okay, that data and what this is telling me is that." I technically it's going to be harder for me compared to those people. So my role model will now be a Maori female who is rich or in the position that you want to get to. And you go and speak to that person and you say, how did you do it? Mm. And that is your blueprint. Not person writing articles saying, oh, your less chance of being able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, bang on. I mean, I think there's just, it's the biggest one, eh? The, the false belief is definitely the biggest one because we only stop ourselves from doing the things we want to do. Like, yeah. no one else is stopping you. Once you understand, I reckon, in the world that if you become more valuable, then you can achieve whatever you want. Mm. You realise all the articles and all the data and all the shit is like, oh, it's fucking irrelevant anymore. Yeah. Well, funny you should say that because the next one is give way more than you think you should. Nice. Which is basically value, right? Um, and, you know, I, I remember hearing this kind of thing and not really understanding it, but it also, it's not like a... Um, like a kickstart, like, you know, I talked about on the Lawnmower podcast how I'd go and give one away, you know, to get going and then use that as the sales pitch and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of consistently providing value over time, our brains are literally wired to do the bare minimum. And you have to flip that and do the complete opposite. And that is the, one of the changes in mindset that helps. Like consistently going over and above what you think is like quote the job means over a certain time frame it becomes unreasonable unreasonable for you not to grow and succeed. So if you consistently, you know, if you're in let's just say you're Luke at Next Advisory Accounting Practice, if you consistently for the next ten years do more or provide, you know, more of a service than is expected of the standard of a standard accountant do you think that you would still be paid and earn the same as a standard accountant? Shit, no. No. I've already practiced that. It would be it un works. unreasonable to think so, right? Yeah. So, and I think where it can get tough is always at the start of something, like at the start of your side hustle or the start of your business. Um, but it's a thing that if you just keep putting into play and it keeps happening, eventually you become super valuable and people talk about you and you get referrals and then the work comes to you and it turns over. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting one. I've, I've got like an experience a little bit here from me. Like I remember in my first year, I just sort of made an agreement with myself. I was like, it doesn't matter if it's in a, a weekend, a one hour drive away, I'll just do it. And then like, because that is over and above what is 
reasonable, you know, like I didn't care what time of day, like where it was, if it was north of Auckland, south of Auckland, I'll just do it and do it for a year. And then if everything's still the same in the year, you know, then I've, I've lost a year, but that's the worst case scenario. Yep. And that's not what happened. <laughs> so, you know, um, I was, and, I, and it, it turns into like a game and I still do it now, but I was, if someone wanted to, wasn't sure about something with the property they wanted to buy, I would help talk to the agent with them. So I'd be making calls. I'd be calling the lawyers to, to update the client's lawyer to tell them, you know, what stage they're at or whatever, like going over and above. And like technically that's not my job. Um, I'm the person who gets the mortgage approval and, you know, does the financial advice piece. But it worked and when you see people that grow year on year on year, it's because they consistently keep doing this and they just add little bits in. Um, you know, basically, I, I, in terms of my clients, I just, every time I saw some friction, I would try and remove it. And that would mean it was like my service becomes more valuable. So, you know, one thing we can't do in the mortgage game is change our pricing. Like I can't increase my pricing because I'm better than other mortgage brokers. Um, so we have to do it by volume, <laughs> by yeah. getting more loans and writing more loans. Um, and the way that I did that is by increasing my chances of getting referrals by word of mouth. By being better than other people. Yeah, so just giving away way more than I think I should. Like if I if I expected to, if I just wanted to do what the average mortgage broker does and earn like 100 grand a year, I would just do the average stuff. But mm. if you want to do more, you have to do, if you want to earn more and, and achieve more, then you have to do more. That's the price. That unfortunately, life's not fair and that's how it works. Just on that, it's just jog my memory. I heard something the other day. I've listened to this thing a thousand times. Not, not actually a thousand, but a lot. And I, and I only picked this up. It said, they said, the only person who makes money is a mint. You have to earn it. And there's a statistical strategy and formula as to how to earn money so what that means is you don't make money basically the reserve bank make money yeah like they create it yeah you have to then go and earn it so then you've got to learn how to earn it and earning money comes back to what value you can put into the thing that you do mm. so becoming better at it becoming the, one of the few people that can actually do it and then you will earn more money and that's why we see athletes actors, etc., yeah. they get paid good money in their field because they are better yeah. than other people. Yeah, and it's this sounds harsh, but if you're at your job um, and you've been there for three years and you're like, I haven't had a pay rise, and you, then you in your brain you're thinking, you know, I've been there for three years and never been late and never left early or whatever. Like, that's fine, but that's not giving way more than you think you should. Like, that's the barrier that's holding you back. You know, like, you need to be thinking a little bit more in terms of, like, how can I help this company make more money or how can I provide more value for the manager or the boss in charge? Customers. Customers, clients. yeah. And just to the point where people are like, holy shit, you're a weapon. And then it becomes, like, let's keep saying it, it becomes unreasonable for you not to get paid more. Yeah. Because... If you don't get paid more there, you're going to be more valuable and known in the marketplace and some other company will take you on and pay you more. Um, and it's the same for self-employed people too. Like if you keep striving to continue to add add value and give more than the, the, the norm, um, 
you will you will grow you know like um elon musk said that about tesla he's like it's really hard to get in like obviously these these car companies are gigantic corporations and they almost have not a monopoly but basically a stronghold because they're so big so much r&d and so much stuff so if you want to come into the car market and build a new car it better be a shit ton better than everyone else's yeah if you want to succeed um, because they can snap their fingers and take your ideas and have a car out the line by the end of the year. you know. So it has to be so far ahead that it stops them from being able to do that. And um, yeah, funny that worked. <laughs> so for individual people who may not be in business, etc., and they're thinking, okay, well, what can I do? You've basically just got to get more valuable, get better at something, and become noticeably better by going above and beyond with that education yeah. and knowledge. And Someone, some of you will have an employer who doesn't recognize it correctly and, and then you'll be like, oh, he's a dick. I've been doing all this extra. And just be real. Be like, okay, I know for a fact now that it's become unreasonable for me not to be paid more. So go out to the market mm. and look somewhere else. Like this, But the if you get into the position where it's exactly that, where the, the boss needs to pay you more or if someone else will, and that's something you controlled and you did. That's not like, oh, I did, I did so much overtime last year. Like, yeah, you need to make sure that it's it's giving way more. Well, there's a good story recently from the person who messaged Instagram for Keep the Change and basically said, I've taken my skill set to Australia and I get paid twice what I do in New Zealand. Mm. And I get more time off. So they're basically having to, they're having to fly in. So their life's completely changed. Mm. So they're going backwards and forwards. But their value is higher in a different economy yeah Yeah. and that's a good way to also think and go where could my skills be rewarded Mm. more in what environment and it could be that you may actually be really good at some shit that you're not getting paid for and you think well actually if I was in a job where that was valued Mm. you might actually find that you'll get paid more because you've got a area of expertise or skill set that is actually really valuable, but you've just trapped yourself by jumping into the wrong opportunity yeah. that may have run its course. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, and, and our brains just don't allow us to do that. Like, I remember being at school, and, like, I was probably smart enough to get better marks, but I literally just did the bare minimum to pass. And then when I found out that I didn't really need seventh form for what I wanted to do, I barely went. Yeah. Like, I did just enough to make sure I could go to uni if I had to and could you know, like not get a fail and all of this shit. Like we are literally wired 100%. to take the easy road and do the bare minimum. And that's a hard thing to change. But honestly, if you go the other way, because everyone else is still doing it that way, you'll watch the change happen. When I was at uni, to become a chartered accountant, you had to do four years at uni. So mm. most people did three. So in my fourth year, most of my friends and shit had gone. And I was the same. Like I'm, I'm not perfect. Like I was always a hard worker and a bit of a geek and stuff, but I should have... In that fourth year, I basically worked out, okay, which papers can I pick that I can go to uni the least yeah, exactly. and high, have the highest probability <laughs> that I can pass? This is normal almost. Like this I, is <laughs> I got it to about eight hours of actual, yeah, per week, <laughs> per week where I had to be in lectures. And then I got to a point where I almost lied. So one of the classes, it was like a two-hour straight lecture. Yeah. But – that was a voluntary type paper and I could get out of that halfway through because I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be an accountant. I have to, the only time my paper runs in this accounting thing that I was still doing starts halfway through and they'd be like, okay, 
like we don't usually let people do this, but and I'm <laughs> like, just perfect. Gaming it. I just want another hour back. Yeah. <laughs> now I should have squeezed the fuck out of that year and been like, I should probably work full time, yeah. study part time as I already was, pay off my entire student loan or whatever, or yeah. set myself up. But I was like, fuck, man, I am going to enjoy this. Yeah. I'm probably not going to get the, you know. And it was just taking the piss basically. But, <laughs> yeah. So we're all wired that way, and I, and I think society kind of like sets us up to to do that a little bit even it does. The, like we're almost and it's almost we get trained and that's our, the mindset we get trained into um but yeah it's a uh, and we, it happens even with certain jobs and stuff like not even just uni and school like it's in in jobs so yeah it's it's and it's almost like it happens so much and so often that you don't know that there's another way yeah um but yeah there is and that's one of the mindset change things and also you get You'll go above and beyond, but you may not get rewarded yet, but other people won't, but they'll still get what you get, and that mind fucks you too. So an example of that, I worked in a distribution center, and every job that you did gets tracked, and you had an allocated time, so you might have 19 minutes to do it. And some of the jobs, once you had enough experience, you'd be like, this is an eight-minute job. So I can do this in eight minutes, and I can literally go sit in the toilet cubicles, or I can... (laughs) I've increased my percentage, and that percentage would carry over. So by the end of the day, you were supposed to be sitting at 100% Mm. um, efficiency-type rate. But you could be cranking at like 119 through the Arvo and be like, cool, now I'm going to cut... I'm going to dial back. Because you've already over-cranked earlier on. and you could play the game, and you could be like, cool, what jobs are coming in now? Fuck, those ones look hard. I'm just going to pull back over here for five minutes and hopefully the next people get those ones that are coming through the system and you could start to learn how the system worked but then there would be people who were horrific at the job mm. and you might be an overperformer, but you'd still game the system and do what you're supposed to but then also you would say to the managers mate like I'm cranking at 113 so I'm doing 13% more than I need to but I'm still getting paid the same so where's my incentive to work yeah. like this and they're like uh, sorry it doesn't exist but yeah, hey yeah. you've got a job but you don't think like that right you're just yeah. like well fuck but then there'd be people who were picking and packing at 70 to 80 percent and you're like how come they still have a job mm. oh well and you so then you're thinking well what the fuck like what's the go here because yeah. that's I'm like, overperforming that's like socialism <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I don't redistribution <laughs> yeah so you know you're then society again is telling you like well don't even try hard Mm. and so then you don't but then when you finally get into a vehicle of something that you want to be doing good and then you realize like oh all of those things that you picked up along the way like they haven't taught you well yeah yeah because yeah. you can't do those anymore because so otherwise you you're just going to be average head. and ordinary yeah yeah 100 um the next one is time is your friend not your enemy and like over the last couple of years i've got real big on this um and it just comes down to like what we were talking about on the flood podcast about downside risk and probability and things like that. And like I've got here, it's unreasonable. I love this word. It's unreasonable to think that if you focused on one thing and estimate that you're on this planet for 80 years, that you will not be wildly successful. And that if you think about it, like if you become a mechanic, a plumber, the, the guy that, you know, cleans buses to for the public transport sector, whatever it is, if you focus on it and give it uh, and provide way more than is expected of you over a very long period of time, it's very unreasonable to think that you will not be wildly successful because you'll probably become the best at it. 
because you instantly win by taking like a 20 or a 30 year time frame because everyone is changing jobs every year, getting, you know, swapping companies, this and that. And it's really rare to have stickability. Um, and to do this, you probably need to be in something that you can enjoy a bit, um, you know. But, yeah, like I've seen it in people that I used to work at Pack and Save with when I was 14 or 13, and they own supermarkets now. You know, that's a, that's a 15 to 20 year journey. Um, and when you're working at Pack and Save and <laughs> catching up with these guys at the lunch bar, you know, at lunchtime and stuff, you don't think that they're going to own a Pack and Save, but they just stayed there yeah, and did the work and consistently put in the effort and became noticeable, you know, and time, you know, it's like, it's like that thing I've said to you before, like, would you take a, a minimum wage paycheck for 10 years if I gave you a million dollar per year salary after that for the rest of your life. And like when, when I tell people that, they're like, shit, yeah. Like I'll make it work for 10 years to get that because I've yeah. got, you know, 20 years on the other side. And like that's actually achievable. And time is your friend. And we get so caught up in like something being hard for the first six months um, and then like giving up or chucking it in. And, you know, it's a, it's a funny one. Like I'm a real, real big believer in it. I just think that, um, we don't do it as humans enough. Like we chuck stuff in after a certain amount of time because we don't like the, the one of the people that we're working with or like these little tiny things that if you think about it on a 40-year or a 30-year time frame, they're so minor. Mm. You know, like all of the, lots of the shit that you worry about day to day does not matter when you, if you it, it, like fast forward your life to being 70 years old and look back at your life you're not going to give a fuck that you had a bit of an argument with someone like in the office. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean anything, you know? So, but it would be quite cool if you had over that time had managed to like grow, become the CEO, you know, run the place or whatever it is. And that becomes something to look back on and be proud of, you know? So I just think having, thinking that time is basically a pass for you to, to, just use your runway and just keep using it and allow it almost gives you a guarantee so you know? sort of that time in the market type thing instead of timing the market so you yeah so you want to be a real estate agent for 10 years rather than oh i'm gonna do the i'm gonna do it in the year when like property's absolutely cranking but it's human nature right like you see real estate agents come in through like the the boom that we just had and now they're all walking out yeah you know it happens every time there's a property boom you know, and the amount of real estate agents in the country double and then they go get cut in half again. Like, it's literally like clockwork. Yeah. But there's some really, really wealthy, well-off real estate agents and they've been doing it for 20 years. And they know that in the good times, they're like, I'm not going to spend it all. Yeah. I'm going to build a buffer. Yeah. Because I am going to do this for 10, 20 years. And they watch, they watch agents come in and out of the industry and they laugh. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, I've seen this, this before. It's funny talking to them. You know, I used to talk to older guys that have been in my industry or been around for a long time and it's the same thing you see people come and go and it's literally that like if you just look at it and like like for me if I look at it I'm like I'm going to be a mortgage broker and run Guardian Smith for at least 20 years Mm. it would be very unreasonable for me to think that Guardian Smith would not be a well recognised company by then if I continue to try and provide value refine our systems be more efficient train the people good like if I do that over 20 years what do you reckon it would look like? Of course, it's going to yeah, look good. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and when we don't think like that, 
like we think like after doing six months of a side hustle or something like oh fuck it's got hard yeah how yeah. did the guy on the Instagram have a million bucks what did I do wrong yeah like, that's yeah. bullshit you know we just that's the way we think so flipping that round and making time your friend is really an yeah. important one yeah so things don't take too long you've got more time mm. you know like this isn't taking too long at the start you're meant to suck because you don't know what you're doing but if you look at it over 20 years you're guaranteed to be really good at it yeah you know it's like that and it just compounds and it compounds and it's a snowball. Yeah. Yeah. Phil and I recently for Next Advisory were talking about how we're having this massive, we're, we're basically like now getting to take from the tree the fruits of types of clients we want. But it's from years and years and years yeah. now of pushing, doing marketing, doing podcasts, putting out value. Yeah. And we'll say, oh, how'd you come across? I was like, oh, I've been following you for ages. Yeah. And they say it to you like, kind of like don't you know who I am like I've been following you for ages and you're sort of thinking uh but it's years of not re- neglecting spending on brand but at the time you're like, other accountants are laughing at us being like what a waste of money you don't need to do that sign yeah. up to be an I or whatever but I don't want to do that so then we've had to do something differently but it takes time and yeah you look at it as like, I, I, at the start, I was like, fuck, this is going to take ages. Now I look back and I'm like, man, that didn't actually take that long. Yeah, exactly. But it's so weird. You don't, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't get that until you've done both I've, sides. I, it's so funny because, like, I had a, I had literally this conversation with a mate last night. He said, oh, when I was, he's, he's, he loves, like, horticulture and stuff. Yeah. And um, he said, we were talking about, because when we went on our holiday, I went up to the Cary Forest up on the West Coast, and I was, like, pretty blown away by it. I loved it. And um, he said, oh, when I was 10 years old, I planted a, a carry seed and like by the time he was 11, it looked like a weed and he just ripped it out and put some strawberries and stuff in and he, and he regrets it so much now because eh? yeah. now he's 30. He's like, shit, I'd love to have that tree. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally how it is, right? Because looking yeah. back, it's like when I was 10, I thought I was buddy near the end of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and now that you're 30, you're like, shit, time flew. Yeah. Um, I- but you could have been on your side if you played that card right. A lot of my friends who have had children, when I say to them, what's it been like? They say, yeah, it's life-changing. You look at all the decisions you make from a completely different lens because you Mm. stop thinking about yourself and the here and now and the next few years and you start thinking about their next 30 years. Mm. And he's like, man, my mate said to me, it's 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 changed the way I invest because I've started investing for her. And I'm not thinking, oh, what should I invest in over the next couple of years? He's like... Hmm, will this business be here in 30 years' time, or can she ride out like 10 years? And then it's yeah. just like the decision making so much faster. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I can invest for her in about a third of the time that it takes for me to make decisions because I'm still thinking exactly. Short. So, like, that's the same for me. Um, like, if I see that, I mean, the next one is that training yourself to stay aware, alert, and be adaptable. And like what I've talked about here, and it comes into tied into the time thing, but. From me, like I noticed consistently with clients that they were struggling with the IRD website when we wanted a tax summary. Like everyone was complaining about it because I need it for the bank and certain applications. So I went on the website and looked at it and yeah, it's a mission, but it can be done. So like I built out like a step-by-step one-page PDF with screenshots exactly what to do. And now it goes out every time we want stack tax statements. It's like, here's exactly how to do it. Nice. And that remove the problem, right? But when 
I'm busy and trying to write as many loans as possible and meet with as many people as possible. That seems like a chore. Yeah. But then you've got a 20-year time frame, and I'm like, I've got 19 years left. Why is it, it just now? It makes it easier to make that decision to put the effort in right now and build out that yeah. little one-page document. Yeah. And like at the time, I didn't know even know how to do a fucking screenshot. <laughs> so it was hard, right? But yeah. now it's still working. And it's provided years of like <laughs> comfort because people don't have an issue anymore and I don't have to hear from them. Um, and, you know, it it removes, it, it makes my service more valuable and it will be the same for anyone that, that stays alert, watches those things, thinks of the time frame, right? Like if you notice, like I really noticed, and this isn't a crack on lawyers because um, some lawyers are really good, but I really noticed that first home buyers would get real anxious near the settlement of their home because their KiwiSavers hadn't been withdrawn or, you know, and there wasn't that good a communication with lawyers. So all I did was like add into my process that, hey, guys, we're at this stage now. Like I, I run them through every step right at the start. So they've got like a roadmap of exactly what this is going to look like. Um, and they know, hey, this is the time to tell the lawyer that we want to start actioning the KiwiSaver withdrawal, right? Boom, another problem that doesn't exist. And that's just from being alert and watching people's feelings about the whole process that I'm doing. And technically, it's not my job. Like, no. I'm not the person who withdraws KiwiSaver. I'm not the person, you know, that is allowed to even do the transaction. But if I can remove anxious from the whole process, I look like the good guy, which means I'm the one providing the value. Providing, and I'm more, I'm more likely to get referrals from people. Yeah, I call it providing certainty in uncertain times. Mm. And that's what you're doing. You're bringing it back to, okay, you can foresee the uncertainty they're going to have. Okay, here's a way to inject yeah. some certainty into and, it. And a lot of us um, don't simply just just look. and Or we look and, and don't, you know, don't <laughs> we're not staying alert to what's going on. We're not listening and thinking, how can I improve this scenario? Yeah. Um, so which one did this come under? What was the? Well, this is this is the new way. This is the new one of staying alert, aware, oh, yeah, and yeah. adaptable. But I was yeah, saying, nice. yeah. like doing these things, it can be a pain in the ass to think like, you know, I've got to make this document. But if you're thinking on a twenty year time frame, it's better it's to no just greater. make the document and then use it for the next twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's actually less time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think we naturally are blase and move on with our lives and don't think about what we're doing we just get stuck in like a routine or whatever but if you watch and stay alert and adapt to changes and make things happen to improve which allows you to you know give more <laughs> yeah and then things will get better and these are each one of these things are ways that that we generally do stuff and it's in our mindset and if you make these changes that is the change of mindset and that is the basically affect like that is the new mindset that you want to be in i've got such a good story on this so i listened to this thing and it basically explains how as humans we'll just build patterns and we'll just repeat them every day so you'll get out of bed on the same side you'll brush the teeth your teeth the same way you'll step the same foot into your underwear into your pants whatever yep. first and you won't even know that you're doing it and your mm -hmm. brain is not using energy because you're just on autopilot and then I was listening to this and I was like, man, it's so true. And it's like, you'll go to work the exact same way. You'll come home the exact same way. And these are all just patterns and habits. It's like subconscious. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, fuck, I do. Like I go to work one way, but I come home another way. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to at some stage break the circuit 
and just go to work the way that I usually come home. And the reason I don't go that way is because I think, nah, it'll be slower because it's slightly uphill. So I'm like, the way that I go isn't uphill, so it'll be faster. Yeah. And anyway, the other day, I was like, right, I'm going to break the cycle and yeah. I'm going to go that way. And I went that way and I got up here and I looked and I was like, geez, it took me four minutes to get here. Faster. By double. So usually I can get here in eight or nine minutes and I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. But, and I've like learnt when the lights change. When the, like I know, <laughs> I know this thing, like I fucking yeah. I've perfected it. Think about four minutes twice a day over the rest of your yeah. life. <laughs> but even like I'll know the way that I originally go. I'll know, okay, if that light goes green and they can turn the corner, that car is going to take 10 seconds or like five seconds to get going. I can jump across the road in that time and they'll be like, fuck, like, oh, Jesus, what's he doing? But I know <laughs> that I've got on my scooter, right? But so then I break my habit, my routine, I adapt and I change it and I realize, huh, this way is actually faster because there's less traffic, there's basically, like, I can go against the grain, there's less risk. No one comes up here because they all think it's uphill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so it's actually faster. So it's a good example of actually testing the way that you do things at times. And I'm very guilty of this because I'll build things that work and just go, just repeat the process. Just do this, just do this, Mm. and stick to it. But every now and then you have to go, okay, maybe I've just built a loop in for myself. I should test this loop because things could have changed. And, And it has changed because that road has been condensed into... One ways there's like a little cycle way, scootery way. So basically, yeah. like people start to walk on it. I I fucking ring the bell at them, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, mate." Yeah, because yeah. Because they're like, "That's your part of the road." I mean, this is exactly what I mean by being alert, right? Because we just get into the pattern, um, and you know the the pattern works. Mm. Um, but if you if you stay conscious and look around, you'll start seeing things, and you'll be able to make changes because of them and make it better. Um. And I'm, I, oh, man, I'm a sucker. Like I, my, my whole time of the last like few years of this, of this mortgage game, I've been trying to systemize and everything, right? For efficiency. Um, but whenever it gets going good, I have to like remind myself, where can I improve it again? Yeah. Where can I improve it again? What else can I do? Yeah. Because you get into like, a, like, oh, this is going mean. And you just think the pattern's like and sorted, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Something comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And, um. You know, you just have to have to be aware and watch and when and recognize because if you, you know, you might see stuff and you just think, oh yeah, I know my system's good. You know, that's a that's an anomaly. Yeah. Um, instead of being like, hmm, I better make sure that I implement something so that doesn't happen again and those people feel good. You know, and then that means that again, it all feeds back to like more value and more referral and all this kind of stuff. Better word of mouth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, and we just naturally don't think that way. Like you said, we get into the pattern and we stick to it, and you know, yep. it becomes everyone else's fault. It's your fault. I I use my system. Yeah, and we know? don't we don't critically challenge. Like a very simple example, when I got a PT, one of the first things he said is, "Oh, dude, get a glass drink bottle." And I was like, "Mate, I, you fucking train my body. Like, what do you want about?" It? He's like, "You don't you don't want to be drinking out of that plastic container. That's really bad for you." And I was like, "Mate, every." thing the drink these days is in a plastic <laughs> bottle like you can't be right and he's like what are you on about like this how do you not know this like <laughs> carcinogenic <glass>. mate <laughs> yeah i get glass you dickhead that's enough we'll don't talk about this anymore and yeah. i'm like okay so i get a glass bottle and then i drop it on the gym floor and fucking smash the whole thing everywhere <laughs> and i'm just like fuck this is why i don't have a glass bottle <laughs> yeah. but then i hear 
another health expert, well, a health expert talking about this, mm. and they were explaining how, oh, yeah, you know, the next layer of understanding health will be all the little things that people don't realise, like you should have a glass bottle. And yeah. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just an area that I don't know enough about. Yeah, right? so now you have to be alert, be aware, take action, and like your your role is to not drop your glass bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just um, like there's always something that you can be learning and you're never going to know all of it, but it is good to not be stubborn to the point where it's like, no, this is, it's my way or the highway where you can mm. go, oh, maybe you've researched this massively and I haven't. Okay, what could I take from this rather yeah. than trying to fight them? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in Japan, they have a thing called Kaizen, which is basically um, always looking for a better way to do something. And, like, I found out about this on their like car production lines and the guys that work on the cars and get them ready to well, build them up from scratch, you know. And if you look at it over time, like basically they allow anyone who works there to come forward if they think that they can that something that they're doing can be done in a better way. And they're constantly, it's basically constant research and development based off their production line. And, you know, like if you look at cars and from the 60s until now, there's almost no people left because <laughs> there's robots, you know, and it's IT. And um, But like thanks to that, like special tools have been created and all of these things have been improved. The production times have come right down. Um, the safety of cars has gone right up, like all of this stuff. And it's just like a constant, how can we do this better? How can we do this better? And, you know, mm. if a car gets out and you like, you know, Toyota are very well known for the most reliable car in the world and they just if, if something comes out and it's a bad one they go back and they sort out why it happened and it doesn't happen again you know and they make it better and if you ask anyone in the car industry at all the best car you can buy is a in terms of reliability and and like longevity and stuff like that is a Lexus Tesla. or oh, a Toyota Tesla's seem to be catching fire mate have you seen that no I hope not shit <laughs> Worry day. These conspiracies. I got my little <laughs> scooter mate voting for the Greens over here, and you're telling me about someone's house burnt down the yeah, other day. Yeah, that happened the other day. Fuck. But yeah, and that just comes like if if I was Mister Toyota in the '60s, and I said this is how we're going to do things, and then fast forward to 2020 or 2023, if he puts into that into that you know manufacturing line that mindset, like come forward if there's anything you think we can improve it then becomes very unreasonable to think that you don't have the best car in the world by 2020. Yeah. You know, like that's, if you keep doing that. So yeah, it's a funny one and it's not how we're wired and these are the things that you want to do to change your mindset. I listened to a really grunty podcast the other day. If you want to go listen to it, especially if you're into your Kiwi saver and learning, Business is Boring with Sam Stubbs from Simplicity. Mm -hmm. And he said this really interesting thing, how... He's one of the founders, but he's basically sort of said, I'm just a guardian, that this company will outlast me, mm. and those people will then decide, what do we do with this at that time? He's figured it out then, hasn't he? Yeah. Time's his friend, not his enemy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's not thinking, right, how much longer have I got left to go? I'll mm. figure out how I can crunch it. He's just like, this can be done as a not-for-profit. This is what I can see being able to solve problems. Let's build it like this. And now they've got into building homes and all sorts of stuff. And he's talking like, oh, we could be the one of the biggest builders of homes in the country and yeah. we'd be able to do it at cheaper rates. 
and we're doing it with different materials to help people do it because they're just thinking yeah. way different. And it's one of those things where it'll be like the great Kiwi success story, but not for another 20, 50 years. Yeah. When people get to look back and be like, wow. They'll be like, how do they do that? And it's like, well, he started thinking this way back yeah, then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Years and years ago. So then people are wanting to come work for Simplicity as well because they are driven by purpose and stuff and they think, well, this is a great place to work because they're mm. uh, doing this shit. So I think people are attracted to it. They just struggle to build it into their own lives mm. in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah, it's it's definitely not what society is telling us to do because everything is, as we talk about all the time, instant and mm. easy and accessible. So then to try and train yourself longer term, bloody tough. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, and for anyone out there that says to you, you just need to change your mindset, you know, You've got this podcast now, and this explains it all. So it's not just tell them, to, like say how, yeah, yeah, and see if they answer with these things. Yeah, yeah, that's actually good. <laughs> if yeah, if someone says to you, just change your mind, just change your mindset. Yeah. Say okay, how? Yeah, do I actually see what they do come that? up with? Yeah, I and really then, like the the first bit. You go. What's that? The oh, first like part. the the self belief thing. Um, oh, false beliefs. beliefs. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a huge one, man. Because. Yeah. We we all have that kind of shit, and I, like I, I still have to break down them in my head. Yep. And I'm like constantly trying to train myself out of it. Yeah. 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 And then the um like the providing, I sort of got lucky because I learned that concept. Not lucky, but I I picked up on that quite early. And when I went through did an exercise of okay, what values would I want to live by, and and who would the person that I want to be, what sort of values would they have. And I wrote down, this years ago, output is greater than input. Mm. So what that meant is that I should always be trying to give more than I take. Mm. Because I noticed that givers seem to get a whole heap of shit back. But at the time, it was counterintuitive. I was like, why would you give shit away if you are trying to get more? Yeah. Like, keep it. Yeah. But then I noticed that these people that seem to give a lot were really happy yeah. and, and getting a lot come back that way. And I'm thinking, and yeah, fuck, this, this seems broken, but it's... This, this also doesn't mean, um, because I've misunderstood this in the past as well, this also doesn't mean to like give away your money. This means like give away your knowledge and skill and yeah. time and effort and then you will get paid back for it. Well, mate, a good example from my side, you know, I would, so at the moment the national horse sales are on in the mm. country and people go there to buy and sell their horses. Yep. Now, I would go there and be like, wow, look at this. This is a pretty crazy thing. And now of all the stuff that I've done in the horse racing space, I know that I'll go there and people will be like, that's Luke. Mm. And the the leading vendors of the nation that have been going there for years know who I am. Yep. And that's because I've added enough value to their industry for them to take notice and go, what's this dude doing over here? Mm. But years ago, I would go there and... No one knew who I was. And it's provided you certain perks too, right? You've had 100%. some lunch at some pretty special spots. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, being paid back for giving out this value and stuff like that sometimes doesn't come in dollar signs. Exactly. No. Yeah. I mean, I've got some some stories of some of the trips that I'm going on that are exactly that, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Try and just, even, you know, I, and you, when you understand this concept, you do it more. And that's probably the, the piece I, halfway through, I was like, oh, I need to remember that. The other bit 
I reckon of how to change your mindset is to vibrate out the person that you want to be. Mm. So when I used when I first came to Auckland, I noticed everyone seemed real fucking angry and stressed and like sad and they wouldn't look you in the eye. And I came from a small town in a region where you'd see the same people every day. So yeah. if you did that to them, they'd be like, "Fuck is wrong with him today?" Yeah, you know. <laughs> but you come to a city and people are like, you you act like that to them, try and smile at them, and they're like, "Fuck is wrong with that guy?" Yeah. So. It was so bizarre. So I'd go running and I would smile at people Wave. and shit and they would just be like, what the fuck is that guy on, yeah. you know? But I still do that because I want to be happy mm. and those types of things. So I'm like, well, I need to give that out to the world and it comes back at me. So I will see strangers in our lobby and I will try and be nice or say hi to every single one of them, yeah. even if they're not making eye contact with me because that is the person that I want to be. 100%. And then it comes back to me in different ways. And I will try and remember to like hold the door for uh, a female mm-hmm. or, or for anyone mm. because that was how I was raised. And people really like that. But a lot of people just, they don't care. Yeah. But it doesn't mean, okay, well, don't do it because some people don't care. It's, okay, do that. And, and you know, I might see like an older lady coming back from the countdown mm. in my building and she's like having to put her bags down to like press the button to get in the door. I'm like, would you like a hand? Yeah. Most of them are like, no, because they're like, fuck off, mate. Like, it's Auckland City. You're probably a weirdo offering yeah. to carry my bags. <laughs> like, they're so afraid of the world these days that yeah. they can't say, yes, please, that would be amazing. But they'll usually be like, oh, thank you so much, but yeah. no, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. And they'll probably think, did I just dodge a bullet there or whatever? But I've had the right intentions. And that's where, you know, I, I there's, all, there's always through the pandemic and shit, it was all this like, just be kind and stuff. And people got real fucked off of that, I think, because they're like, well, that being kind isn't going to, you know. Yeah, but that's articulated in the wrong way to what Bingo. compared to what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. like try and support people and, yeah. and help them out and see yeah. if you can lend them a hand. Yeah, well, it just comes about to back to the input-output thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice, mate. So, yeah, my, my uh, finishing piece there would be if you, if you want a form of mindset, you need to vibrate that back out into mm. the world. So if you want to be positive and abundant and stuff, you've actually got to act like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for anyone that's listening, because there's 12,500 now, eh? Yeah. Plus. That's pretty cool. Um, so anyone listening, if you have a LinkedIn account, because this is what fired me up about this, and you see people commenting about changing your mindset, just go in the comments and tag this and put this podcast in the comments and say, here's how you actually do it. Boom. I'd quite like to see that fire up. I like it, mate. We'll be keeping an eye out. Yeah. <laughs> Tag Mikey or myself too. <laughs>